Hello and welcome to Local Matters. I'm your host, Buddy Pearson, and on this podcast, we talk about education. My guests today are from the Whitson Hester School of Nursing at Tennessee Tech, Dr. Melissa Geist and Dr. Brian Paramore. Dr. Geist, Dr. Paramore, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Well, let's uh, learn a little bit about both of you before we kind of jump into some of the topics that we want to talk about. Dr. Geist, give us a little background on yourself. Okay. Um, I am a professor at the Whitson Hester School of Nursing. I've been at Tennessee Tech now for um, about 23 years, and um, I teach in the undergraduate and the graduate programs, and um, let's see, we were just talking about Belize, so yeah. we have a great study <laughs> abroad um, that I run with Dr. Jennifer Mabry in Belize, where the students um, get um, full-on, hands-on, minds-on <laughs> um, experiences. Um, Brian and I have a, a grant together along with Dr. Matt Langford for um, infection prevention and control. And then I sit on a national panel for infection uh, prevention and control. So um, I, I dabble in a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the classes you teach at the School of Nursing, what are those? I teach a lot of pharmacology. <laughs> so I teach um, our intro to pharmacology. And um, then I... Um, developed and teach our graduate level advanced pharmacology. Um, I also, there's a course that goes along with the um, travel um, study abroad course. And then um, I do a review course that is for our um, students who are getting ready to take the family nurse practitioner certification exam. And um, so, yeah, that's, again, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Brian, what about you? So I'm a psychiatric and family nurse practitioner by training. I, this is my actual first semester at Tennessee Tech University, but I have experience teaching at some other schools across the state and actually down in Georgia as well. As far as the courses that I'm working in this semester, I'm, I'm teaching our undergraduate behavioral health course with Dr. Langford, who she mentioned just a moment ago. And then I anticipate branching out into more possibly pharmacology and some of those other courses uh, in, in the springtime. So, And, of course, we were just talking before we, we turned the mics on and we started the show that you are a Cookville High graduate and used to run track at Cookville High. Yes, sir. Yes, I am. Graduated in 2001, and we actually qualified for state my junior and senior year. So that was a, that was cool. a big deal back then. It was. Yeah. A big coach, deal anytime. Coach Razman was your coach? Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, we just saw Coach Razman was the uh, – uh, the head of the parade, the, uh, you know, what they call that, where they're grand marshal, the grand marshal yeah. <laughs> of the par- homecoming parade. Oh, very good. Yes. Very good. <laughs> Just yep. recently. So small yep. world. Isn't yeah. It? Yes. Very small world. So Whitson Hester School of Nursing, obviously one of the best nursing schools around. What is going on this, uh, this semester? How's the semester going? Anything big, exciting happening? Um, Oh, I think there's always exciting things yeah. happening. <laughs> One thing that is exciting is we are um, doing our accreditation, which, yes. you know, of course, if you're looking to go to nursing school, there's two things you should look at. Are they accredited by a um, well-known <laughs> accreditation agency? And um, what is the NCLEX or the board certification pass rates? And so, and of course, um, Tennessee Tech, the Whitson Hester School of Nursing, we excel in both. Mm-hmm. So that that's going on this week. <laughs> um, so uh, Dr. Hannah, um, Dr. Jared, um, the the leadership team there has has been doing a great job making sure that we're ready for that. And um, 
it's just yeah, it's just the day to day. Coming up on midterms too. Yeah, yeah, they will they will do that. And the school of nursing, I, I don't we don't really have midterms as much. I, I don't have you know, they'll have a it'll be a big testing week the week either before or after fall break. It's just kind of where the tests fall. But um it, it's not a big midter midterm. Now we have um, comprehensive finals because obviously in nursing, yeah. you have to know it all. Yes, you <laughs> so, do. Um, that's uh, and it's, it's going to build the next semester, so they need to make sure. But um, I don't know. What else can you think of? Anything, Brian? I, I think, especially as a new faculty, it's it's just a wonderful time of growth at the School of Nursing right mm-hmm. now. We're expanding programs. I know we have a, a relatively new psychiatric nurse practitioner yes, program yes. That, that's growing rapidly right now. I know we have a partnership with our DNP program with East Tennessee State University. So we're uh, just, like I said, I feel like it's a great time of growth and opportunity for the students and the faculty and just the community at large. Yeah, I agree. So tell us about the grant. Uh, You mentioned it uh, just a couple of minutes ago, and let's get into that a little bit more. So tell us about the grant. And and you said the official title of it, and what, what is it? It's it's a American Nurses Association Infection Prevention and Control. Wow. Um, okay. Grant. And so our our target uh, is is officially in um, psych mental health um, areas, but everybody could use an update on how to stay safe when we think about infectious diseases. Yeah. So, um, but yes, it's a it's a um, a grant, like I said, from the American Nurses Association. There are about 10 um, either facilities or schools nationwide that were selected, and Tennessee Tech was one of them. Really? And we are we're, we're doing some um, innovative um, programming with our students to, um, to help them kind of think through infection control. And then um, things like this, like getting out in the community – so we have a an IPC champion that we have identified that I'll let Brian um, talk about, and so it's a this great collaboration between the Whitson Hester School of Nursing and then the community and our healthcare facilities. All right, Brian, did you want to expand on that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So part of what we're doing is in our behavioral health uh, undergraduate course, we go to different sites here in the Upper Cumberland area. And so as far as our champion goes, we have a registered charge nurse from one of the local facilities named Jess Brooks, who part of what she will do is help the students understand how we continue to provide behavioral health services in the midst of things like a COVID outbreak or, or something of that nature. And when you say go to sites, what, what, what do you mean when you say go to sites? Okay. So we go to different behavioral health facilities, like, for example, affiliated with Livingston Regional, okay. also Ascension down in Sparta, and then Volunteer Behavioral Health here in Cookville gotcha. as well. So uh, part of the challenge that you run into in behavioral health, for example, is if you were to have a client that tested positive for COVID and you're at a facility where you're trying to help uh, treat patients with things like suicidal thoughts or detoxing from substances, you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to help the students figure out how do you go about addressing that without telling all the patients they have to leave, for example. (laughs) And so it's, it's a little bit different world than um, over at, you know, a traditional medical hospital where, where things like infection protocol is, it's a little bit more straightforward. Sure. Um, But yeah, so there's, there's different things that the students have to uh, consider about how to, you know, how do we go about that? How do we manage to keep our patients here and treat them, but also in a safe and effective manner? So you've got the grant and you, what, what, what are the steps that you're putting in place to, 
I guess, to work through this, to, to be active. Uh, yeah. For the... How far down in the nuts and bolts do you want to get into that? <laughs> you know, we, we've got, uh, it's a 30-minute show, so I'm just saying. Uh, well, we design the experiences for the students. So the students, when he was saying, you know, they when we talk about going into someplace, um, the foundation of nursing is being in clinical sites and we're we're so grateful to our our partners, our clinical um, partners, who allow our students to come into their facilities and learn. So that that was the first part, mm-hmm. right? We had to um, to we we use a thing called a legacy cycle, which is a a learning cycle where they have a a challenge question, and um, then the students have to brainstorm and think about how to how to solve that challenge, like Brian just described in a in a psych mental health setting. And so, um, and then, um, you know, imp- implemented and, um, you know, we're collecting data. So there's, there's a lot of things that go on in the background, um, for, for that, um, to be able to collect data, um, ethically and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll present our, our findings and hopefully advance the, the knowledge for, um, for this subject. Um, it's actually a very rarely touched on subject uh so and is this a grant that that has a a date is it um you know a a time frame yes it'll end in december so okay uh, yeah so we we um we actually got the grant in january and then you know spent the the summer um getting all the all the machinery in place and then are implementing here. And how many fall. students can participate? We have a hundred and we're right at hundred and eight students, I believe. Right, yeah, right so that mm-hmm. are that are, will participate in this particular um, initiative. Yeah, and and I've got several questions I know uh, about uh, infectious disease and, and things like that, and so uh, I think I'll just hold off to the next segment before we before we get into that okay. because. Uh, you know, we're running a little short here, but certainly uh, this is interesting. And, and this is probably something that's never happened at Tennessee Tech. I would say this is probably the first time that this has happened, that we've got some kind of grant like this. Yeah, def- definitely um, with with this particular um, focus. It, it's not just Tennessee Tech. I mean, there is – when we were getting into the literature to see what kind of problems there were for behavioral health settings and infection control, there wasn't a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but it's a huge problem. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Melissa Geis, Dr. Brian Paramore with us on Local Matters. I'm Buddy Pearson. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. 
This is Local Matters. I'm Buddy Pearson. We're talking with Dr. Melissa Geist and Dr. Brian Paramore. And we were talking in the last segment about a grant, uh, first-time grant that you got uh, for Tennessee Tech. And we're, we're going to start talking about infectious diseases. And I guess when we talk about infectious diseases, what, what exactly are we talking about? What is it that when you hear, you know, I hear infectious disease, I'm thinking, you know, this is bad <laughs> stuff. It's, you know, like the worst of the worst kind of thing. But, but exactly what are we talking about? So really, when you talk about infectious diseases, we're, we could be talking about you know viruses. It could be talking about bacterial infections. Essentially, we're referring to things that can be transmitted from you know person to person. Uh, specifically, there you know certain environments are more likely to struggle with different you know specific infections. So, for example, like in a school setting, we would be uh, more likely to see things like COVID or possibly influenza, RSV. A lot of it just depends on the proximity of the people, a lot of times the age of the clients that we're talking about, how well do they do things like wash their hands, are they exposed to bloodborne pathogens, and things of that nature. So um, it's it's a very broad term, mm-hmm. but uh, the reality of it, I guess if we're talking, depending on the setting we're talking about, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit more um, nuanced, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, here in Putnam County, we, we have a school system of 12,000 students. There's 21 mm-hmm. schools. Uh, of course, there's elementary schools, there's middle schools, there's high schools. So if you look at the the breakdown of those three types of schools, yeah. are the infectious diseases different in each one of those? Would it be kind of a, a blanket that would be all over those? That That's kind of, I guess, because when you look at maybe the elementary schools and you're talking about maybe um, – Hand, foot, and mouth disease, maybe. Um, you know, maybe some some head lice that might even be in in middle school uh, on up. Uh, there's there's different things, pink eyes, some you know shingles, different things like that. So, what 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 is it that that you're looking at, and, and what are you concentrating on, and and you know what does this grant help you do when it comes to like these different types of of schools? You know, I I think the 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 things we see certainly come in waves, and they and they. Um, for the most part, when you're thinking about elementary, middle, high school, we see them in those waves. So, for example, let's just take COVID. It's interesting because I work in a in a pediatrician's office as well. Um, so, one of my other things that I yeah. that I do, and when I come in, I, I always ask, "What's circulating now? What are you guys seeing?" And so one week it it might be COVID and influenza or flu. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, hand, foot, and mouth has gone around, but that, like you said, that's been more in our our early childhood, maybe in our daycare mm-hmm. um, centers. Um, and so, yeah, it's it, it, anywhere where you have a bunch of kids together. Right. And of course, the younger the kids, the less they understand about you know, keeping your mucus to yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a little bit harder right. uh, for, for those, for those kids as we're high schoolers and you know, we can remind them and they, you sure. know, they, they, Wash can, your hands they can understand and, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, again, let's get back to, you know, what is the concern there um, and what does the grant do to help you uh, raise the awareness and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, so the, our, our grant is is about infection prevent, prevention and, and control strategies. So, how do we how do we recognize it? How do we help facilities, whether it's a healthcare facility or a high school principal, mm-hmm. 
figure out ways to decrease the amount of illness in the school and you know how do we contain that that you outbreak know, you, you hear this is flu season you yes know, you hear, exactly. okay it's flu season so you know and, and we have seen throughout the school system uh you know that, that when that hits all of a sudden you see a lot of students and teachers that are all of a sudden out right uh, they're missing a lot of days right and that can cause school closings right. and that's missed days so how do we prevent that boots on the ground yeah and that's that's really what what we are trying to do is to talk to as many people as as we can remind them of things people they know um, but they they might um, not necessarily implement um, as much as they as they should so that that's really what what we're about yeah so what would be some of the hygiene practices and habits maybe uh, schools should should encourage among students and staff to maybe prevent the spread of infectious diseases. Well, of course, the um, the the common ones, right? So, um, reminding kids, or maybe even having signage up about covering your cough or sneeze with your with your arm, and so not necessarily in your hands, because people, you know, they if you sneeze into your hands, then you don't wash your hands, then you're going to spread the the illness. Um, staying. Um, like the distancing part, right? right. That um, some of these diseases are um, they're they're more uh, we call it droplet, and so the droplets are heavy, so they they're going to fall before they reach the next person. Um, hand hygiene just can't say enough about washing hands. Nowadays, it, it's so weird to think about that pre-COVID, we probably didn't see a lot of of hand um, stations like the, um, yeah. the alcohol stations right. anywhere. Right. Yeah. And now they're, they are everywhere. And, and so. who, who actually had hand sanitizer before COVID? Oh, I, mean, I, really. I never No, you would Did think anybody it, carry hand sanitizer before COVID? <laughs> my mom, that was about all I, yeah, knew. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. that was just, you know, nobody had that. Absolutely. And, yeah. and now, you know, if I would have bought stock in hand sanitizer, <laughs> my goodness, I'd be rich by now. <laughs> Holy cow. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. It's just, it just wasn't on our, on our radar. Yeah. And, um, and so, but it, it is highly effective mm-hmm. if you don't, Let's say you have a classroom of 30 kids and you can't march them all down to the bathroom and make sure they're washing their hands for 20 seconds. Yeah. Then that the alcohol um, foam or the hand sanitizer is a great option mm-hmm. for for those um, teachers. And and we would never have done that. Yeah. Uh, so not just, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. really, there's truly, a lot of I things mean, that, that yeah. changed. There's a lot of things that changed. And, and Brian, is there anything that you want to add to what uh, Dr. Geis was saying? Yeah, well, some of the things, too, that, that you run into, because like I think she was kind of alluding to, and I'd mentioned as well, is depending on the age of the yes. groups you're working with, right. that can be a challenge. And so, you know, like she mentioned, I, I noticed, for example, with my four-year-old the other day, she had pulled up her arm and coughed into her elbow like a vampire, <laughs> you know? So there's, so, you know, you, you sometimes see different little kind of learning devices, you know, that go along close with to that. Halloween. I mean, yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or, um, you know, learning, you know, for example, to wash your hands by singing, I believe it's happy birthday. Yes, yeah. yes, or twinkle, twinkle, <laughs> star. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are some things like that that seem to be um, particularly effective with your, with your younger group when you're trying to teach them. Yeah, those are great, great mm-hmm. ideas. Yes. Yeah, and and as schools, uh, 
I guess you work with them. Do you tell them, hey, th- these are great practices, even though COVID made us all aware of those things, and, and this, they're probably practicing it to the nth degree, yeah. even though maybe we're not as um, – COVID's not as prevalent as it was, you know, yes. two or three years Thank ago. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I guess it's a good reminder to say, hey, just – just to be on the safe side, just continue doing these things. It is. It's a, it, and that's, again, that's really what we're, we are about, um, both mm-hmm. from the Winston Hester School of Nursing, but then, a, a, you know, in terms of the grant is just a reminder that um, you, it, it helps everybody when you protect yourself um, mm-hmm. against these, these infectious diseases. Yeah. This is Local Matters. We're with Dr. Melissa Geist and Dr. Brian Paramore, and I'm Buddy Pearson. This is Local Matters. I'm Buddy Pearson. We're talking with Dr. Melissa Geist and Dr. Brian Paramore, and we're talking about the wonderful subject of infectious diseases. <laughs> oh, it's just great. And everybody just wants to talk about infectious diseases, don't they? So much so that Tennessee Tech even got a grant for infectious diseases. This is just awesome. Uh, that's, that's great. That's how important it is. Yeah, that's how important it is. Well, you know, uh, we talked about uh, the common infectious diseases that can spread in our schools. Let's talk about specific guidelines or protocols that schools uh, show or follow when it comes to cleaning and disinfecting maybe common areas, frequently touched surfaces to prevent disease transmission. And and I know it may seem like we went through a lot of this stuff during the COVID era, but it's always good I, I, you know, to touch on it again just because of uh, infectious diseases that people can pick up, especially our students in our schools. So as far as when we're talking about trying to, you know, clean or disinfect different areas, typically your school should have a, a policy in place for how you go about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, general, the CDC, of course, they're going to recommend using an EPA approved disinfectant. Part of uh, that selection, too, should be based on what you're trying to clean particularly. So if you're worried about, uh, you know, COVID versus influenza, you know, you might use, you know, a different type of substance. So part of what we do recommend is with your disinfectants, make sure that they actually are uh, eradicating the, you know, infectious diseases that you're worried about. So that's one thing just to, to check and make sure. As far as, you know, other recommendations the CDC has, for the most part, as long as you're regularly cleaning things like doorknobs, computers, shared workspaces, things of that nature, you, you should be, you know, on the, on the right track there from that standpoint. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, there, there's so many, so many things that, that get touched or breathed on or, or, or whatever in, in a school setting um, that it can almost be overwhelming, especially to custodial crew or, or you know, to, to anybody who's in the school system. Uh, and I know, you know, we, we, we joked about hand sanitizer and, and you know, but the, the wipes and, and all those things. And, you know, it's, it's like when we were doing those things, we were, we were going through it because, you know, it was just expected. They were putting up the barriers. They were doing all the things. We we're wearing the masks and all that stuff. And now that, um, and I'm not saying that, that those things aren't important or they weren't important. Well, what I am saying is now that maybe the the threat isn't like it was we can we can forget about some of these things and even if we're not talking about covid we're still talking about flu we're still talking about other things yeah, strep throat that, or, strep throat yeah. yes that <laughs> that kids in schools can pick up yeah mm-hmm. and right. that's why this is so important to be to be talking about these things and to be putting this out there because uh, even at home uh, i know my wife uh, was just she had all the symptoms. She had a sore throat. She had all these things, and she went. She got tested for strep. She got tested for COVID. She didn't have either one. Mm-hmm. And but of course, she blamed it on me, uh, <laughs> giving mm-hmm. it to her. You know, and of course, we live in the same house mm-hmm. in a close environment. And you know, what are you going to do? I mean, she's my wife, so 
Uh, I'm not going to quarantine from her over a sore throat, but uh, there are things that that in schools and things that they have to put in place. You you have to be aware of these things, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. I think the idea of it, it, it can be overwhelming to think, how could I ever keep this clean when I have 30, you know, five-year-olds in this classroom? Right. But identifying those high touch point areas and really concentrating there, that's something that you can realistically tackle without becoming overwhelming. Um, and, and again, the signage, um, the pictures, whether it's Dracula <laughs> covering yeah. up or a vampire. Yeah. Uh, and so, I guess yeah. that's, you know, how do you, how do the schools educate the students? How do they educate the parents and the staff about the importance of, of doing those things, but maybe staying home uh, when they're sick and the criteria for returning to school after an illness. Yes. I, I mean, that's that's very hard, too, right? There's this fine line between wanting the kids in school because it's important and sending kids or accepting kids um, at school when they have, you know, obvious nasal discharge or they're, you know, they're running a fever or, and so, you know, most schools will say that they have to be fever free for 24 hours Mm -hmm. before they can return to to school. Um, For things like strep throat, I mean, I wish everything was as easy as strep throat. It's easy to identify. There's there's highly um, effective tests for strep. And once you get the antibiotic on board, which is strange because almost everything that we talk about or see in terms of infectious diseases, they are they don't respond to antibiotics. They're mm-hmm. viruses. So strep throat is a nice one though because you get on the right antibiotic and you know twenty four forty eight hours later you're you're back in the saddle and ready to go. Right. Whereas most viruses are not like that. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important for schools to to say, don't don't come mm-hmm. <laughs> if 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 you have uh, symptoms of you know strep throat or COVID or uh, we we would rather that you stay home. But I I I definitely I want to I want the schools to know that we understand that that there is that fine line between. You know, I guess maybe truancy and true well, illness, right? You know, here's – and I'll just – you know, back when I was in school, uh, okay, I got a major test. Mm, I'm not feeling too good today. Uh, <laughs> it's homecoming week and it's going to be fun. Man, I'm going – if I'm dying, I'm going to school no matter what. I don't care if I have 20 symptoms. I'm going yes. to school and I'm going to, you know, represent, you know, the junior class, uh, you know, in the homecoming parade or whatever it is. Yes. So, you know, it's yeah. it's just those things that you have to deal with. Yes, it, it is, right? It, it's school. But, um, again, remember, your your decisions, uh, especially when you are sick, mm-hmm. really affect other people. And you just don't know who you're going to be around. Maybe there's a child who is immunocompromised or you just, you, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it's just important to think through and do the right thing. Yeah, and if you're just joining us, you know, we don't just come in and start talking about infectious diseases <laughs> because Tennessee Tech got a grant, and, and really it's uh, it's very important to get the awareness out and to keep this subject at the forefront, uh, especially, you know, this time of the year when it is flu season, when, you know, yes. the change in the, the weather, it, it just seems like everybody, you know, gets a runny nose, they get a cough, and, and you know, yeah. you just you see – and you hear, you know, people hacking, and you see them sniffling, and, and there's all those things that that go with it. But but 
given your experience, you know, what do you believe might be the biggest challenge schools face in preventing infectious diseases? And maybe what recommendations do you have for addressing these challenges effectively? Um, I, I would say may, maybe maybe some um, limited resources in terms of the education for being able to um, to talk about um, you know personal hygiene and uh, when we're talking about hand washing and um, and and um, preventing the spread of, of infectious diseases. Um, you know, I think certainly a barrier, like we just talked about, is that balancing public health needs from academic and, and social needs mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, it, it's hard right now to stay up to date, especially with COVID-19. There's new boosters. Well, we're even getting away from calling them boosters because the COVID-19 vaccines are going to be like the flu vaccine, where you, it's something that you're going to get once a year. Um, with the, it's going to have the formulation for the variants that are circulating um, that that particular year. So mm-hmm. we're starting to shift away from thinking about vaccines and boosters, where it's just a vaccine, just like you would get your your flu or your pneumonia, right? Vaccine or even shingles. Uh, see where they have yes. a shingles vaccine. That's you know every yes. time I go to the pharmacy, the, the lady's like. Would you like a shingles vaccine? Because you're a perfect candidate for shingles and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, uh, thanks, but maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. I mean, we know vaccinations are, they are highly effective, probably the most effective way to prevent the spread of most of these infectious diseases that we've, that we've talked about. And it, most people are vaccinated. And if you look at, at, at the CDC um, data, 90% of Americans are vaccinated against measles, mumps, and rubella. So you, if, if you're in a social media echo chamber, you, you might not believe that. Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, or when, When's the last time somebody had the measles? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, really? we've had we had an or the outbreak. mumps or or chicken pox. They've had an outbreak, though, really, right? Because we have pockets where people are not vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Not too long ago, um, there was whooping cough. Yeah. So it had been forever um, since we had seen uh, whooping cough, which is pertussis is the is the real world or the real word, and um, so you know though people haven't seen the terrible outcomes from those diseases because we we are preventing them. Mm-hmm. So we don't see um, encephalitis or swelling of the brain. Polio. Ca- yes, caused mm-hmm. by measles anymore. I mean, or, look what know. the vaccine has done for polio. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost eradicated it completely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And think about the, the, the terrible outcomes when somebody contracted polio mm-hmm. or measles. Yeah, or chicken pox. Yeah. I mean, chicken pox, um, that virus, varicella, can cause a really aggressive pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, truly, I in a pediatric practice, I, I can't tell you the last time I saw a case of chicken pox. Yeah. Because we have a vaccine for it. Right. And I had it when I was five. You know, yeah, and you, yeah, you have yes. vaccines since then, right? Yes, yeah, because, like— Probably everyone at this table, we did not have vaccines. No, not um, for the chicken pox, not, not, not for the mumps, pox. had the mumps, yeah. you know, same yes. stuff. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, people, sometimes they start to think about these infectious diseases as something that uh, kids get, you know, it's no big deal, it'll pass. But the the problem is w- 
when when kids get RSV, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it doesn't pass, mm-hmm. you know, or they that passes, but they've done lifelong damage to their lungs. So if we can prevent those, um, especially with a vaccine, then then let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of minutes left. Uh, if you have some final thoughts on the grant, on the infectious disease, on eradicating any of these things, uh, love to hear them. Uh, Brian, what about you? Um, I guess one thing just to mention as we kind of wrap up, uh, Dr. Geis had, had mentioned earlier about when you send your child back to school, you're typically looking for a, a symptom-free period, whether it's 24 or 48 hours, depend, you know, depending on what we're, we're talking about. Uh, one thing just to mention to, to parents, too, is that when we talk about symptom-free periods, we're talking about in absence of medication. So, mm-hmm. for example, yes. uh, it's That's not uncommon that a, that a parent might give their child acetaminophen, also known as Tylenol, and then say, oh, they don't have a fever, and send them on into school, and it wears off around lunchtime. Or So just, just, just think about that. You know, when we talk about a symptom-free period, we mean, you know, not a fever without – no fever without Tylenol. So, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we are – First of all, as the PI of the of the grant from the American Nurses Association, so um, nurses are the most respected, um, <laughs> and they are year after year uh, voted as the both ethical profession. And so, for the American Nurses Association to choose Tennessee Tech yeah. to um, implement this grant. And then to have the opportunity to work with Dr. Paramore, who is new to the to the university, and then Dr. Mac, Matt Langford to have two such amazing colleagues to um, to work with, and and you know we've met several times to implement this grant, and you know it's fun. There's a lot of I know infectious diseases should not be fun, <laughs> but there's a lot of you know, just back and forth and creativity and how can we do this? How can we make this work? And that is why I love my job yeah. is is that right there. Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for this week on Local Matters. I'd like to thank our guests, Dr. Melissa Geis, Dr. Brian Paramore. Thank you so much. You're from the Winston School, Winston Hester School of Nursing at Tennessee Tech. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. God bless.